Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Take Back the West podcast. This is your host, Frosty Rucker, and this episode is brought to you by the Believe Network and sponsored by betonline.ag. There's a lot of great bets out there right now. Uh, NFL's playing, NBA's playing, college basketball's playing. Unfortunately, college football's done. I was really getting into that college football, uh, but Alabama won it. Hats off to them. We'll be back because we're taking back the West. As we pop under the hood of this Trojan offseason, I wanted to tell you guys about a dream I had. It wasn't quite like MLK, but I am working on some pretty cool stuff with restorative action and things like that, but I'll get back to that later. But let's get back to that dream. My dream was very surreal. It was like someone was talking to me and someone was telling me, hey, Frost, you need to interview more guys that really went through it. Not everyone just had the, 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 the glimpse, the glamour and all the bells and whistles that came with playing at SC. Some guys really had it through the mud. Some of these guys didn't win championships like you. I popped out of my bed. I was like, aha, I know what it is. No, I really didn't say that. I actually got up, got some fresh squeezed juice, sat around and pondered and came up with an idea. This Trojan off season, it's not just for the guys in college. We have a lot of guys out there playing NFL and I need to get a hold of them. I need to talk to these guys and ask what it was that made them go to USC. So with that being said, one of the first guys I reached out to hit me right back. Yeah, I know, no one's surprised with that, but guys are busy, it's the off season. I get it, I've been there, I've done that. This guy's different, carries himself different, everything he does, he does with purpose. This is a guy, he's a son of a former pro, the former number one rated recruit out of the state of Arizona. A guy that stuck around through the years of the sanctions and and, and watched some of his, his teammates transfer not being able to go to bowl games, things that really matter to kids before they make decisions to go to USC. The great and the honorable, Devon Kennard stepped by to chat with you guys. You guys are the ones that make this thing go. You guys are the one that goes to LAFootballNetwork.com and checks out our videos. We're also on YouTube. You guys are the one that subscribe. The seven-year pro is now currently at home in Arizona playing for the Arizona Cardinals. This is legacy. His father played for the Cardinals. So without further ado, let's check in with Devon. So welcome back to the Take Back the West podcast. I'm your host, Frosty Rucker at The Organic Frost. That's me. Uh, you can say AKA, whatever you want to say. Uh, I got my man DK on here, Denar Kennard, uh, a Trojan, a seven-year pro, Arizona Cardinals. He's on. What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm good, man. Hey, uh, it's an honor being on here with you. You know, you you a legend in my eyes. I remember watching film on you when I was at SC. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been cool getting to know you over the years and chopping it up after games and stuff. And uh, thanks for having me today. Oh, absolutely, man. Was the film good though? Was I out there? Oh yeah, you was out there working. Okay, okay, that's what I want to hear. Let <laughs> all our listeners understand. Frost Rupp was out there. That's what they used to call me, Frost Rupp. 
So Frost Rug was out there getting busy. It was on tape. DK said it, so it has to be true. Oh, yeah, you definitely put it on tape now. And Coach O used to have uh, have y'all film uh, all the time. And he used to work. It was Coach O, man. Hey. It was Coach O. Coach O different. I'm yeah. saying straight up. That's like, to me, you know, once you once you get your, your skin real thick, that's like a football guy, man. Like someone that's going to motivate you and push you to get every single ounce out of you for that field for your team. That, that I can't I can't say thank you enough to that guy, honestly. I mean, he, he's a big part of, you know, my, my whole career as well. You know, he was my position coach when I was there uh, last couple of years. And, man, he helped me take my game to the next level, you know. And, just, you know, every time I get a chance to holler at him, seeing him win a national championship last year. Oh, God, right? so, so happy for him, man. Yeah, man. Uh, he, he just – it's principles, man. It's principles that you live by, especially how you go about your business for football. And he really expresses how much – you have to care and how much it has to mean to you to play that game the way, you know, you get down and play it. you got to be a tough SOB, uh, thick skin. I already said that, you know what I mean? you got to want to physically whoop someone's ass. And if mm. you're not, don't go around Coach O. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the culture at SC, he embodied it when he was there as far as, like, that competitive nature. You, you uh, go out on the field. You know, I remember I'm a freshman and I'm – I'm going against Tyron Smith, Matt Khalil. I got um, Alan Bradford in the backfield, Joe McKnight. Like, you know, I, I'm sitting here like, all right, every day I practice, like, I'm in my last meeting saying, I got to get my mind right. We, Telling you because it was funny that, that competition Tuesday, being on that film, you know, you're either going to expose someone or be exposed. And I swear, that is what is the missing link with football today. There's not enough of, uh, you can be embarrassed and we're going to poke fun at that. So you get better. Yeah. You know, good on good. Who going to win and whoever loses, you getting clowned. And that's it. Step your game up. I, I swear that's, that's, that's how we were so good. Cause we didn't want to get laughed at by our next, our buddy. And then especially playing versus like UCLA and stuff like that. It's like our mental game was so sharp going into, you know, competing versus those teams. It was like, there's no way that you can see me because I'm already, I'm built for this. When, you, when you're going into a practice and you, and you're, you're kind of stressed out and like, man, I, I got to show out today. Uh, Saturdays came and it's like, man, I've been do doing it all week. Like huh. I'm about to give it to me. I'm about to give yeah. it. I'm about to work them out, bro. Like I tell you, yeah. we used to be so juiced for games at SC, bro. No one would be sleeping at night. Lindell would be playing the speaker uh, all night in the hallway. It was just, it was going down. Lindell would be ordering food. And I, I mean, I'm saying more than I need to say, but, you know, we're past those, uh, those, those consequences. Uh, but, it, I mean, it was live, bro. It was like, I'd never seen that. It was already the pros, you know? Like, we were so pumped because we were so prepared. And preparation is just key. Uh, that got me through 13 seasons. It was like how I prepped. Yeah. It's because they had the foundation at SC that got me there. Hey, no, that's that's facts. That's facts. So making your way back home, you know, you you had a good run in the Giants. Detroit, a weird situation, got you out of there. Still don't know by definition what it was, but you made your way home. How did it feel? How did your family react? Talk us through that transition. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't expecting the whole Detroit thing at all. You know, I was coming off two of my best seasons in the league. 
uh, team captain, Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, finalist, all all of that, and had a great relationship with the with the management and and uh, coaching staff. But business is business. They they decided to let me go, and uh, I wasn't too stressed because I knew I was coming. I've been playing good ball, so I had a lot of interest right away, and uh, none more than Arizona. And at first, I couldn't believe it because it's like, man, like at the crib for real, crib. you know. We started negotiating a deal and came down. And what's crazy is my parents live 12 minutes from the facility. So oh, you're right by Tempe? Yeah. Like I, I grew up in, in Alatuki. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. With that. I'm, real, I'm real familiar. Yeah. Went to Des Vista High School, grew up in Alatuki. So it was like, oh, this is crazy. I was already home in the offseason. So, you know, it was easy to easy to sign. It was during COVID and all that, but uh, they just, uh, you know, I was able to see the doctors because a lot of people weren't able to sign. Uh, free agents because COVID, but I was I was already here, so I was able to see the doctors and and do everything. So I was one of the first uh, free agent signings last year in the whole league because I just happened to be where I was already about to sign, so I didn't have to uh, deal with all the uh, the hoops that everybody else did. I mean, you you lucked out. God bless that man, because like you said, this was already an awkward year with COVID and dealing with that, and to be coming off you know, getting released. Was that the first time you ever got cut from a team? Yeah, it was, it was the first time. And they say, if you, if you play long enough, it's going to happen to you eventually. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, yeah. Like, it's grounds, bro. And it was like, especially if your team doesn't have success, it makes you even feel even worse. It was like, so y'all cutting me? That's that's exactly how, like, because we wasn't winning out there. And I felt like I was one of the bright spots. And I was like, how am I the hot man out? Like, you know, it's crazy, but... You know, you learn quick. You got to put put all that aside, and there's business behind it. And you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I I went from getting released from Cleveland, signed a five year deal, and ended up playing in Arizona. But there was a time period between it. I was like really unsure if I was going to play. I was like, you know, my ego was in the way. Like, how are they going to cut me? And then I was kind of embarrassed. Like, you know, because that yeah, back I get in the way. Because it's like, man, how how I get cut? Like, I was, I've been like. Bro, we won four games, and I was like, and I PR'd in a couple different thing categories. I was like, and you're cutting me? <laughs> you know, but I, I always said this once I left, you know, because I got a chance to play versus Cleveland twice in Oakland and in Arizona and beat them twice, which was great, too. And I was like, you know, I left, and I'm still Frost, and they're still Cleveland, you know? And But now they're in the playoffs, so I might be eating what I'm saying. You can't say that no more. I couldn't say it then, but when I was playing, I really, that's the way I felt. I was like, I'm starting to get more success, and they're still just not winning any games. Yeah, you know, everything happens for a reason, because even, you know, I was was mad to leave Detroit. I I was really close with guys in that locker room. Like I said, I was a captain and all that, but at the end of the day, it was a rough year for them as as well. You know, they dealt with coaching uh, changes, getting fired in the middle of the season, and all the stuff they dealt with. And I'm like, man, everything happens for a reason. You know, I can't, we had a real shot uh, this year with the Cardinals making the playoffs. In my opinion, we should have. We kind of tricked it off at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, now we got to sit on the couch and watch these games saying we, uh, we should have been in them. Well, you said it. You guys definitely tricked it off. Uh, I'm a fan, obviously, because I played there. So I'm alumni and I care. But, you know, with you being there, Corey Peters, Chandler, uh, Pat P., I know a lot of the guys, you know, a lot of the core guys. And um, so I watched the game. I tuned in and I made sure I was focused uh, on you guys. And it just felt like the season versus second half of the season happened. You guys just lost it. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was the energy. Maybe it was injuries. 
I can't really call it, but as a fan, I was a little disappointed. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm a fan now, so I'm like, I'll tell you guys. <laughs> and honestly, I can't, fantasy. I can't put it on one thing. You know, it's a co combination. You know, it takes all three phases to, to win games. And I look at it on the season, uh, some of the losses we had, and I could definitely point out a couple of that. If a couple, if we can get a couple plays back or do a, a few things differently, we should have easily won. But uh, you know, that's the NFL. It, that's what it comes down to. You got to win those close games. You got to win the games that you should win. And you got to, some of those close ones that's, that's nail biters, you got to find a way to, to win. And, uh, you know, we didn't do that enough. Yeah, the ball, uh, I like to say football is a lot of luck. You know, a lot of luck comes to it. You know, a fumble here, or, you know, even recovering that fumble is, uh, is a big deal. And I don't think a lot of people on the outside of the football universe really understand those little points of the, uh, the games that is the difference between winning and losing because most games you lose or win by three points. So it all comes down to little, little, little parts and facets of the game. And yeah, there was moments where I was like, this team could be one of the best teams in the league. You guys start off on fire. Yeah. You know what I mean, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, maybe it's this. I kept giving excuses for you guys. Like, well, maybe it's this. And then I just couldn't scratch my head anymore. I had nothing to say, but just take my L's because I, you know, I had you guys projected to go to the playoffs yeah and you know what defensively we're gonna be uh we're gonna be all right we uh oh, yeah. we lost a lot of top top guys uh on the defense this year had a lot of injuries and was still ended up and still ended up a top 10 defense in the league and uh we left some out there I feel like we could have done even better and you know if we take the take another step forward I feel like we can enter that top five conversation um but you know one thing I've learned in this league is Last year ain't got nothing to do with next year. So, you know, you got to build this thing from the scratch because I've been on teams when I was in New York where, you know, uh, we were dominant and we thought we was just going, it was just going to roll right back over to the next year. And it's like, well, you really got to start with a clean sheet of paper and build this thing all the way back up because teams are going to watch the film from last year and game plan on who they're going to attack and how they're going to play certain things and, and things you thought you was dominant at. If you, if you don't stay on top of all of a sudden, like, man, how, how teams running the ball on us now or how we not not winning in the red zone or, you know, whatever it is. So. Well, one thing I did with to coaches and players when I was playing, and obviously I started getting older. Once I got to year 9, 10, 11, I started really asking guys what they were working on in the offseason. And that was coaches included. Like, what are you working on? Because other offense and defensive quarters, they're looking at coaches' tendencies too. So no matter what, you can be a perfect align. You can do what you got to do but they know the scheme and they know exactly this coach is probably going to send some guys here. Yeah. You know, and they start knowing things like that. And I always encourage everyone to get better in the off season. Don't just work out to work out. What can you get better? At? Even your good can get better. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you say that because, you know, being, being an uh, edge rusher and, and, you know, D line outside linebacker play, like, it's starting to become popular, but there there hasn't always been a lot of like actual position work, working on pass rush, working on on hand placement, working on on stance and get get off in in the off season. At least most places I um I trained and and last last year or two, that's something I've been really emphasizing. Is like like man, like not saying you got to do it every day because we get a lot of it during the season, of course, but actually working on those things, like you know. For me, personally, when I was in Detroit, I played a lot on the left side, just how their defense is structured. Like, I always pretty much got to play on the left, and I got really comfortable. That's where I played the most. 
So, oh, yeah. I, I, like, you know, playing, playing for the Cardinals, it could be either side. And then especially if Chandler's in there, wherever he want to go, he get, he gets to go. So one thing I'm going to be working on this offseason is getting a lot more comfortable on the right side because I feel like I, could, I get on the left side and I'm like, oh, I can throw my, throw my best stuff and I'm ready to go. On the right side, I'm, it's not the same – and then like for me on my left side I really like stab chopping like I really like stab chop on my right side my stab's not as good so it's hard and I do I like kind of double arm swipe or or, uh, or cross chop but, yeah. if, but if I'm going against the best tackle and he know I like cross chopping he gonna punch me in my uh you know all up in my in my chest and, you know, so I'm like, I got to develop my stab on my right side. So, you know, like I'm, I'm a big compo- uh, proponent of what you were saying and actually like picking something a part of your game that absolutely. you can improve and, and get better at. Yeah, you have to. Like you said, it's, it's every aspect of it from your stance, your steps, uh, your stab. So, yeah, self-scout, bro. Yeah, absolutely. As you get older, as they get younger, you know, and with a good uh, offseason that you guys should have, I know nothing's came out to say – you know, what's going to happen with COVID or whatnot, but with the OTAs and mini camp and, you know, working on your craft then, and don't be, uh, don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to people that specialize in that stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, that's something that I wish I would have did too. You're sitting in the same position I was like, I'll self scout myself, but I didn't take five more steps of like, okay, I need to hire someone just to, for these three days to give me this. I didn't mm-hmm. do it. I was working with guys and stuff, but not part of the yeah. business, the football business of Frosty Rock. So right. you know that, you know better, do better, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So you, you talked to us about your time at the Giants a little bit. Um, you play with some really good receivers. You know, obviously you played with Odell Beckham Jr. A lot of people don't know him on a personal level. They just watch him and, you know, he has everything that comes to him. This year, you come to Arizona, you get to play with Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. Let's say that you're a very special guy to be in, you know, atmospheres with all three of those guys I named. Tell me some differences of the guys, what you learned from work ethics. Talk to us about them. Yeah, I, one thing I remember playing with Odell is I've never seen somebody with his athleticism level. Like, he, the athlete he is, it's incredible. I've seen him mess around and throw a ball 70 yards, uh, spin a ball on the ground and kick a 30 yard field goal and then go into a practice and be like, I'm only going to catch the ball with my right hand today and, and do that. You know what I mean? So um, like, and really uh, you like, you know, you're in the locker room, like I'm catching everything with my right hand today. And it's like, all right. And then he go out there and you really see him yum, yum, like snatching it, snatching everything up. And it's like, all right, yeah, uh, dude is special. And, you know, I was there, when we played the Cowboys and that legendary catch over his head that he had. And uh, I've never seen nothing like that in person, but it didn't, I can't say it surprised me because not that he made that exact play, but he made some ridiculous catches in practice, you know, all, all the time. So it's just like, that's Odell Odell. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> you yeah. know, um, same, same feeling as that I had when we were, when I played with Reggie. Right, Reggie did some stuff in practice that it was like, holy, you know, like in game day, it was like I wasn't surprised that he did it because it was like I knew he had it in his bag. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, one thing I've respected as much as I could, uh, just been here one year, but I tried to pick uh, pick Larry's brain when I could just because, you know, he's a staple of consistency. And 
uh, without knowing him personally before, it seemed like in all phases of his life. So I was like, I, I found myself just watching him a lot, like how he carried himself, uh, things he did, how he talked to people. And uh, I took, by observing, I took just as much on the field from him as I did off. He knew a lot of people's name in the building. And obviously he's been there a long time and all that, but would actually start, um, you know, start conversations with with people and, and ask them how they're doing and, and stuff. Like, you know, I'm and remember certain things about me and like, not to say we would always talk, but if we did, like he knew my dad used to play for the Cardinals. So he, right. like, how's Pops doing? I've met him a couple of times, da, 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 you know what I mean? Um, so that always resonated. And then specifically on the football field, his, his stable, like I never, a vet that is that consistent and practiced that hard and really cared about the game, did the little things, um, it's just, it was, it was amazing. So that's like, it was kind of a dream for me because just in all facets of life, he's kind of one of those people I put on like a Mount, Mount Rushmore yeah. as, as far as uh, everything he's accomplished on the football field and off. So that's been cool. And then with D-Hop, I mean, dude is just special. You know, he, he goes out there very, very cerebral, chill. And then all of a sudden you just see something crazy, crazy catch. You know, see him route somebody up. You see it, and like you see it on the sidelines. I'm, I'm sure I don't watch uh, TV copies a lot, but like he make a crazy catch, and he's not the type that's like, yeah, that like he's just kind of like, yeah, I did that. Like that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like y'all might be surprised, y'all hype, but yeah. On the sideline, he's like, throw it to me, and no like extra mannerisms or nothing to him, and. Now throw it to him and he make a big play and it's like, told you to throw it to me. <laughs> like, so, it's, you know, they're all, they're all different and all special in their own ways. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been an honor to be around players like that of, of, their, of their caliber. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You growing up here and uh, being witness to Larry's greatness as a kid, did you have a jersey or some gloves or anything? Did you have any fan stuff? of growing up with, with Larry? I actually I actually didn't. All my stuff was on my dad. You know, when you were a kid, your dad, you're here. My dad, dad played, but he was always somebody. I was like, dang, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald. You know what I mean? And and as I, I actually think I started to appreciate him more as I got older, because I, I started to look at what I'm about and the values that I have. And obviously, you know, he's a Hall of Famer and all of those things, but I saw myself in some of the, uh, of how he carried himself or like what, what I would want to be like and how I'd want to be perceived just from a distance. So I think that's why I gravitated towards watching him so much this last year. Cause it's like, wow, I get to kind of see how he really yeah. moved. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Those were, you know, and how, you know, how they maneuver, like you said, um, you know, playing with Larry, I played here for five years. So playing um, with him, I was a captain and I had a lot of intimate situations with him, just, you know, doing events and, and different things. And like you said, you can't help to learn from it, right? Because you know he's been in rooms that you know we've never been in. You know he he's shaking hands. I mean, he's part owner of the Suns, right? You know, I I was always like, you know, drop this knowledge on me. Let me know what's this. What, you know, where's your money getting parked at? What, what investments you got? And he was open with telling me. He wouldn't tell me how to get in them, but he'd tell me what he was doing. You know, <laughs> you know, those are just power moves and that's everything about how he goes about his business is very honorable and um you know as long as you're in that that locker room and you're in the the community which is going to be the next thing i talk about 
Uh, just make sure you keep, you know, getting more from him because, I mean, there's no better uh, person to sponge around. Yeah, for sure. So community-wise, you know, you being home, uh, I know your, your high school is probably pumped, even though this was a weird year and you probably couldn't really be around. Um, what are some things that you do in the, the, the community that stick out? Where, where do you want to take it? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, my whole time, my whole career, I've uh, been passionate about reading, education, youth, and giving them a perspective of like, you know, football is who I am, but it, or it, football is what I do, but it's not who I am. Right. And, you know, that you can have other interests and in, in things. So I've always been passionate about that. I've always worked with uh, nonprofit organizations, after school programs where kids are getting tutored and, and things like that. And that's how I became a Walter Payton Man of the Year finalist uh, last year, my last year in Detroit. Um, and, you know, get, um, getting that kind of recognition was an honor for me, but it just speaks to the kids I was able to work with in New York as well as Detroit. And coming home, it's been a frustrating, it was a frustrating year because I couldn't dive into the community. But, you know, it was crazy because one of my 2020 goals was like, I've done so much work in the community and for the youth in other cities. It was time for me to do something at home. Yeah, and, I'm the same way, man. And then two months later, I ended up signing for the, uh, for the, uh, with the Cardinals and it's like man like you know this is my opportunity to get involved so I've, I've done what I what I could I partnered with uh, you know the fire station and and during COVID brought um, brought them a bunch of meals uh, lunches and and hung out with firefighters and for the holidays I found a nonprofit um, organization an after school program because that's you know what I like the most uh, working with and uh, they helped me identify 10 kids that were doing great work in the uh, community. It's called ICANN and Chandler. And, awesome. uh, you know, I, I got, a, got a chance to give them uh, give them a bunch of money to go on shopping sprees. Uh, um, and, you know, they really enjoyed it. And just being able to get, to get recognized, it's a hard time to be a kid. You know, you're in middle school, high school, you can't go to school. Your parents are telling you you can't hang out with your friends. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't imagine what they're going through. So for kids to excel... Um, during these times and for their teachers and their mentors to be like, yeah, he's really, he's really stood out or she's really doing, doing a great job. Um, you know, I, I wanted to give, give those kids a credit and something to, to smile about for the holidays. Well, I'm sure you definitely did that, man. Stay being you, uh, your parents raised a great person and I'm, you know, fortunate that you went to SC and, you know, you're a leader, you know, and the moves that you're making, blessing people with time right? Resources. You know, you, you have a purpose to your life, man. So no matter what, when football's gone, keep being you, keep doing that, keep being the light, right? I appreciate it, man. So your time at De Desert Vista, talk me through this. So there was a season, your junior year, you had 111 tackles and 24 and a half sacks. Oh, yeah. You know, I let you, I led the country and, and I still hold the state record for sacks. 24 and a half. Go check, go check the tape. It's there, That's too. Suds. Huh? That's over Suds. And that yes, I hold the state record till this day, 24 and a half sacks in a season. I went crazy. First game, first game of the year, my junior year, I had five and a half. Oh, and, you, you know, sometimes you see stats from kids in, in crazy places. And it's like, ain't no way. Like, they stat stuff. And, hey, you go watch the film, I really had 24 and a half sacks. You know what they say whenever you see someone like that? They're like, oh, he's playing versus little white kid. <laughs> I mean, hey, go check the tape. We actually put out talent in Arizona. People be hating. Even, hey, even when I was at SC in the SC locker room, like everybody would be like, oh, because, you know, we already got SC or LA dudes and then, and then Florida dudes. Man, you, in the, you was in Arizona. I'm like, hey, go check. We got a lot of guys in the league. 
Cameron Jordan, Terrell Suggs, me, Trent Murphy, uh, I could I could keep going. Paint Johnson. I, I can keep going too. I know there's a lot of you guys. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and one thing I used to say, I was like, well, look at the elements they're playing in in high school. It's hot as heck out there. I'll say heck. It was hot as heck out there. You don't think they didn't have to dig deep to get through those games? Yeah. In September? Uh, yeah. So every time I say, I'm like, the overall talent might have not been the same, but we had the star power still. Like, you know, we, we definitely still did out here. And it's getting even better. Like, shoot. Chandler, let's talk about Chandler for a second. Did you guys beat Chandler any of those years? Oh, yeah. I beat, beat Chandler. I went to the state championship my that junior year, and they started throwing slant routes and double teaming me, and they and, and Brophy beat us. But, I, man, I ended Chandler's season in the playoffs my junior year. Sat cost fumble and a recovery in the in the end zone. So those are things you'll never forget. You'll never forget that. Nah, hell no, hell no. Oh. Yeah, I remember it because it was a, like it never rains in, in – uh, in Phoenix, and it was it was raining that night, and it was a mud game. The field was all mud. So there's like a picture of me after the sack, and I'm you know I'm talking my talk, let letting them know about it too. And I'm muddy and and, and all that, and I'll never forget that moment. That's awesome, man. Bless that. All right, so senior year, you're balling, and you tear your ACL. What are some things that went through your mind? And I actually tore it playing Chandler, third game of the season, um, and Man, I shouldn't even be. It was at the end of the game, and one of our other running backs just fumbled, and we recovered it. But I played a little bit of running back, and it was like, man, we need to ice this game. Like, DK, go back in. And they, we run a toss sweep, and I was killing dude. Like, you, when I ran a toss sweep, I'm running over corners. Like, come on. Y'all yeah, playing. This I, I, run a, I run a toss sweep, and I kind of stick, and then the safety's coming, and he lays it right on my knee. Uh, he hits me square on the knee. ACL tour. It, it was tough, man. Uh, you know, that was a, one of the most humbling experiences I went through just because at the time I was uh, number two recru recruit in the nation right behind Matt Barkley. It was me and Matt Barkley. And, you know, I just needed to do my thing and stay healthy. And SC was always my dream school because of, of guys like yourself. So I always knew in the back of my head that's where I was probably going. But I don't think I didn't commit at the time yet. But you know, you go through something like that. It was traumatic at the time. Like, I remember watching the SC game after that and, like, the defense was playing crazy. And I'm like, how am I going to be able to, like, get back to that? Like, man, like, I, I was – it was a rough point. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a serious injury like that, but it was, it was a rough point where I was hitting a plateau and, like, I couldn't – there's certain things I couldn't do. And I'm like, am I ever going to be able to play at that level again? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so to push through that, go to SC, I remember my – my freshman year, I'm playing behind, playing DM behind Everson Griffin and getting- he was from Arizona. Yeah, another Arizona cat. Like, we hold it down. Yeah. So I'm playing behind Everson. And then um, it was really, we switched our defense because coach, because, uh, oh no, that was my freshman year. So it was coach Carroll still. And then they moved me to Sam linebacker because, you know, I was playing pretty good as a freshman and I started balling out. And, you know, that was all they wrote for my freshman year. I had a pretty solid freshman year freshman season so coming I wore a brace that whole year though but coming back from you know ACL playing as a freshman and, and doing well you know that, that was a big accomplishment for me yeah man because you know adversity hits people in different ways some people can't recover from that some people don't have support you know uh, thank goodness you had the father and you got you know other members around that probably held your, you know, your chin up and told you you're going to be all right because I can only imagine going through a recruiting process and, you know, with a tour ACL and, 
You know, it's almost like, what's that movie, Friday Night Lights and your boobie? Yeah. That's it, it's it's real similar. Boobie was that dude, and then that injury happens, and we don't know whatever happened to Boobie after that. But right. you had support in the right way, man. And uh, and I'm very thankful for that because who knows, man? Exactly. Who knows? And I've seen guys uh, who had a ton of talent and couldn't bounce back from same same or similar injuries. So, you know, I don't take it for granted at all. And right. I, rehab is, is really important. You got to take that mess serious and, and really commit. But by grace of God, I haven't had any issues with my knee since, since you know, I, ca I came back. So, you know, I'm amen. amen, amen. Uh, question for you. So, obviously, the show is called Take Back the West. Uh, I wanted to ask you, DK, I don't know how much you, you paid attention to SC football this year. They didn't play a lot of games. It wasn't normal. They played late. What do you think defines Take Back the West? It's time for SC to dominate the West Coast, period, again. Let's go all the West Coast, like we gotta be the school to go to, no debate. We need this, the, the, the swagger, the confidence, the competitiveness. We have to, we have to re, recultivate that. And um, it might be in a new way, you know, it, the games change, things change. So sometimes you try to like duplicate it. I don't know if we can duplicate the teams that you guys had yeah. um, and all of that, but the, the energy, what it means to be a Trojan, what it means to fight on, um, the swagger, the like, the physicalness you play with, the, the aggression, like there's certain elements that, the griminess, you know, uh, I forget what it was called, but the, the old weight room before they changed it, I got it my first year. Uh, oh, the dungeon? The, yeah. I was in the basement. Um, yeah. Yeah, like- no, no, no windows, no nothing. That griminess again. You know, like um, we need we need to we need to get that back, and you know as as soon as possible. You know, I I think we we're still putting out a ton of talent. Don't get it twisted. I I watch uh, I watch games when I can, and they're still like that. Ninety nine DMs. Uh, he's special. I like I like him. Um, you know that safety we got. I, I forget his name, but boy Cole. Like so, we still we still got a lot of talent, but it's just getting it all all the way back. Let's get the style of play right. There you we know, go. The play, the plays might be a little different because it's spread offense now. Like I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to what you run in Arizona. Yeah, we can, we can't say we're gonna run twenty one personnel like like we did back in the day. Like so, some some I feel like some SC old SC old heads is like we need like it's like bro, the game's changed a lot. The game has changed. You can't, you can't expect that exactly, but. What does it look like now? And let's do whatever that is supposed to look like now. And exactly. yeah, because like you just said, being an old head, I hate saying it, but I do have gray hair. <laughs> being an old head in this situation and, and being in group chats with all my guys, and that's what we talk about. It. I think what we're accustomed to is, like you said, 21 personnel, you're going to run powers, you're going to run leads. And you're going to give them the business and, you know, you're going to ball your fist up and, and, and square off. And we were running back you. Right. But now it's it's strictly quarterback. you, Right. That's kind of the feeling of what it is. And it's football's finesse. And that's really not the Trojan way of what we know. The grind. You've been like you said before, this new facility was built and all that. We didn't have cold tubs. We didn't have hot tubs. There was nothing like that. Yeah. Like your freshman year, there was nothing. Nothing. You didn't go to SC because of that. But I, but I went there. I went to some dope facilities, but I came to SC. I saw that grimy, and 
Like you, you know, you're a Trojan when you feel it. It's like, yeah, it's grimy, but this, this is for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I just got to say, I got, I got the goosebumps when you said it because it's true. It's like yeah. you walk in there. I don't need now. They got iPads and lockers. And I'm sure they got all sorts of stuff. Uh, I know they have an indoor golf facility and all that stuff. That's cool. And and, and and those kids, those kids deserve it. I mean, I ain't going yeah. to like, like. And I got, I got a part of that because the new facility was built once I was there. So and and it's dope. And they getting the best of the best, but somehow get that edge back. You know, there's there's still teams out there who got that edge. How do we get it all? How do we get that level of toughness all the way back? Um, I think it's the, the personnel. I think it's the coaching. I think it's, and I think right now what, what our team looks like and who they brought in and the dynamic of how they're changing it, the game will still be finesse if we still have the same offense, right? But the swag is there. The confidence of being a Trojan, knowing that, you know, the Trojans, on the icons on your helmet and what it's all about, knowing the guys that came before you and that you got to represent them. Yeah. There's a whole lot of people that I had to represent when I was on that field because I would see them walking through the, hall, the halls. Mm-hmm. I knew about them because they were coming and popping in watching film with Coach O. Hey, Coach O, can I sit in here? Oh, yeah, take his spot. You know, like, it, it was like, but that's what it was. You know, yeah. you get your little scrawny ass up, let the goat or the legend sit here. I, I remember seeing Willie Mack and, and Claiborne walk around every once in a while. Now he's there, he's coaching. Yeah. You know, Hayes Pollard's there. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's about bringing some of that back and those guys that know toughness, know what it takes to run through a wall and try to host trophies and get rings, and that's what it's all about. And I think they're on the verge of that, and I'm saying that because, like you said, football changed, and we're used to and we're conditioned to seeing it a certain way, and we have to get out of that mindset. It ain't the same. <laughs> no double days. It's different. Football is Especially – Looking at SC now, before you know, in the next year or two, they're going to be paid for their likeness. So some of these kids will be making a little money. They're going to be making some bread, and then they're going to be there in L.A. So maybe we do get more five-star recruits because the media market. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's the thing that changes it, but I hope so because it's coming. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just – I think I don't think we as far off as you know being a fan and you know being an alumni. It's like oh every year we want to be in the, in the national championship, and it's and it's and it's natural. But you know I think what I like is they're still talent. The the guys are, st- are still there, and it's just taking that next step as as a program to get back. But you know we went we went through some like people downplay. I was at SC during the roughest time, like. Um, because yeah. I came in, I had I had Coach Carroll my my freshman year. He dips, and we we the sanctions hit, man. And we had like two thirds less scholarship guys than almost everybody we played. Think about that. Like still competing. Yeah, my my junior year, when they took away the bowl game, we went t- we went ten and two, and we're the best team at the end of the year in the in college football. But we couldn't go to a bowl game. We would have at least been at the Rose Bowl if not we were in the conversation for national championship game. But at least at least Rose Bowl that year, and we couldn't go because because of, of sanctions. And that's with a depleted uh, depleted scholarships and less money and, and all of that. And it took a while to bounce back from that. Like we had some rough, rough years. We really got the death penalty, and I don't think people understand that, that that's a whole decade. Yeah, yeah, that affects years. Years. Yeah, because, because not only not only does it affect when I was there, but then recruits, 
are now seeing that now the level of play isn't the same. Oh, is SC falling off? Well, SC is not. So now you're not getting, you know what I mean? So you got to, like, it kind of makes you restart. Like, got to reestablish the dominance because, oh, we showed, we showed chink in our armor. We couldn't go. Like, SC is not even in a bowl game. Like, not because we weren't good enough, but we just weren't in a bowl game yeah, that year. And some of the other bowl games we went to were kind of, like, weak. But it's like, it, it just is what it is. And now you got to kind of, it affects a decade, like you said. So now it's, all right, how do we go into the 2020s and, and reestablish ourselves as, as a dominance and take back the West, like you said? You got to take back the West. And it starts, like you said, with uh, not letting these guys leave. I think we're doing a good job of keeping our home base talent there. And they're going to start cherry picking again of the best of the best. Like they went and got you out of Arizona, Everson, mm -hmm. you know, all the Tampa boys and Miami and all. And, you know, you got to, control the West Coast. And I think they, they got a great idea with it. Dante Williams is a new defensive back coach now. He's not the defensive back coach. He's a passing game coordinator and assistant head coach, but he was recruiter of the year. We got him last year. He's helping. Um, I, I just, I love the direction we're going and I'm buying in. That's one thing I'm doing. I'm buying into it. Um, here's a question. When you guys got hit with all those sanctions that I'll say Reggie did, so me, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, it wasn't me. Well, uh, when you guys hit with all those sanctions, when those guys transferred, how did you feel about that? Were they not Trojans? Were they not SC guys? Or they were just taking advantage of opportunity? Yeah, no. Uh, for me, when I went, Coach Carroll promised me, he sat in my living room and promised he wasn't going to leave. And he left after my freshman year. But one decision I made, even though I was young, is like, I'm going to SC to fight on, I'm not going to SC for Coach Carroll. So, you know, like, um, and and that's, I, you know, I, I really bleed Cardinal, uh, Cardinal and Gold. Like, I'm, I'm about that for real. And that's that's the difference, you know what I mean? And when you're going through rough times, uh, I feel like that's that's what shows what, you, what you're really about and your competitive nature and what you're willing to stick through. And it was, I can't blame anybody who did want to leave. I mean, it was tough. It was, it was some tough years. He wasn't getting the, the love and the attention, we wasn't winning game the way, but for me, it never really crossed my mind, even though I dealt with a lot of adversity while I was there, just cause like, like, man, I wanna, um, I'm not shying away from nothing, I'm fighting on, you know what I mean? And uh, and that's, I feel like as rough as as it was while I was there, that, that's like prepared me for, for, you know, the career I've had in the NFL and for life after ball, cause I'm not the type that's gonna, that's gonna shy away from nothing. Yeah, never fold. Really. Never. You don't do that. Uh, DK, if there's one thing you could tell your younger self, what would it be? Uh, one thing I could tell my younger self, it would be. Chewing that. And while you're chewing on that, you need an SE helmet up there and get ready. No, I'm going to get one soon. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't collect. I didn't collect. I need to hit the new equipment manager and be like, what's up, man? Give me a, give me a helmet. But um, I would say keep working and don't stress. You know, for me, for me, when I was in college, I went through some tough stuff because Coach Carroll left. I moved to middle linebacker, and you know my skill set. I'm an edge guy, so but I'm a smart football player. So I didn't play bad at middle linebacker, but that wasn't the position I, I should have been in. So I moved positions a lot. Every year, I had a new D coordinator and played a new position while I was at SC. So I go from number one recruit in the nation to tearing my ACL to going to SC to getting new coaches and a new position every single year I was there. Um, 
so it, you know it, it was tough and there was times I doubted myself doubted what you know what's about to happen and I, I was I was a lot more stressed than looking back I needed to be you know I knew that I knew I was good enough to play at the highest level and I needed to just trust that and keep working and I probably would have enjoyed some of those those down days a little more if I if I trusted myself my abilities more and just like keep working I like that yeah. keep working stress less mm -hmm. amen well DK thanks for uh coming on with us and take back the West uh, podcast where can everyone follow you at uh, follow me at, at Devon Kennard. Uh, you can find me on all social media and then also uh, DevonKennard.com. Uh, all info football wise and what I got going on off the field. So appreciate it. Uh, fight on, man. And it's a pleasure. All right. You got it, man. Thank you. So I tell you, I'm very impressed with this young man on and off the field. Everything he does, he does with purpose. And that's just what it is all about. When we're looking for guys to look up to and looking for leaders out there, we don't have to go far. We need to tap right back into our Trojans that we know. They come from great families, they're great people, and they're leading by example. So with that concludes this episode, Take Back the West podcast. I'm your host, Frosty Rucker, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.